dramatic analysis of The Importance of Being Earnest, recorded August 12, 2014, led by Chris Huntley. Tonight we watched The Importance of Being Earnest, and uh, let's identify the four through lines. Very quickly, let's start with the main character. Main character. Main character. So who do we think the main character is? Well, it's a very ensemble cast. So, <laughs> so uh, or yeah, ensemble piece. But I, I think the intention is is that Jack or John, whichever name he goes by. Um, I mean, back then it seems, it seems like Jack and John were kind of synonymous. With, well, they are. Um, Jack is a nickname for John. Yeah. Um, he seems to be the intended to be the central character. Okay. And uh, with Ernest being his sort of nom de plume or whatever his alias the bad Jack um, alright and who is supposed to be the influence character in this or do we have any thoughts it's, it seemed like the um, uh, I mean honestly it, it really seems to be Algernon I mean that's the, 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 that relationship between those two guys really seems to be the central relationship of the story. Right. I mean, you have someone, one person who's more or less knows what he wants and will do, trying to do whatever, especially trying to do what's right, but trying to do whatever's necessary um, to achieve it personally, but ha and, and yet here's this other person who's truly a cad. I mean, not just pretending to be a cad, but really is truly a cad that uh, seems to have an influence on that main character for good or ill. Mm -hmm. And so what kind of relationship do we see? I'm not talking about uh, what kind of familial relationship, but what kind of Hey, Keith. All right. So what kind of uh, relationship do we see between Jack and Algernon? Algie? Well, it's a fraternal relationship, Friends. but, the, you know, I, I, it was very unclear in the opening scene exactly what their, you know, you know, um, actual relationship is. Are they just friends, or they they were supposed to be related in some way, or what, what was the... Well, they're not I, supposed to be related. Uh, well, they're not supposed to be related. No, but they're I, supposed I, to be. They're supposed to be pals with Algernon, sort of being kind of like one of these hangers on. So Jack was was in London for some reason. He uh, was there. Uh, he was there for pleasure. Okay. In other words, he was supposedly going there to do business. That's what he told everybody back home. But he was actually there because he was after um, Cecil, uh, after uh, Gwendolyn. And he was wanted to pursue her, so okay. he was there specifically. He had his London place to be earnest when he's in when he's in London, so that he plays the the you know man about town while in town, and then he's the responsible adult, you know, who has a a ward back home in the country. And Algernon has that sort of same kind of thing, except the flip side. He's got his own alter ego that 
always does all the bad stuff, quote unquote. Well, he, he gives him the excuse to to get out of town, to get out of <laughs> whatever he wants to get out of obligation. Right. So they each have these fake characters that they've established um, in order to not do what they don't want to do, effectively. Um, and then, and then Ernest has told Gwendolyn. You mean Jack? Sorry, yeah, Jack. Has told Gwendolyn about Algernon in non-flattering terms because she's she's heard of this Algernon, I think, or something. No, no, no. Algernon says her cousin. Oh, oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, no. No, see, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm talking about Cecily. Cecily has heard about Ernest. <clears throat> Ernest is the other brother. Is Jack's other brother, okay. the one who doesn't exist but who's supposed to be the terrible cad. So yeah. the the one that Jack is always rescuing, that which gets him out of the okay, country. That's it. <laughs> so is that they each have you know both Algy and and, uh, and Jack. Jack have this crutch that they've developed, this imaginary friend or brother that they use as an excuse to do whatever they want or not do whatever they want. Okay, but the reason they're Jack is in proximity of Algernon in the opening scene is because Jack is coming to pursue Gwendolyn, and so Algernon is there because he's related to Gwendolyn. Right, he's right. her cousin. Okay, right. all right, see that. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're, they're friends or mm, associates, you know, they run in the same circles, but Jack actually has money and Algy doesn't. So Algernon is sort of this social hanger up. Hang her on, right? And uh, since he can hang on to uh, Jack and get something out of his for, for you know while he's trying to get something from his family, he's like, hey, I'll just I'll use you. You know, I'll get a you can be my meal ticket tonight. You can take me out to dinner if I help you. You can, you know, if I help you, you do. You know, so he's essentially he's kind of that that uh, is a similar kind of a person. But not in character, but in station. He doesn't have the same funds, but he has the same station. And yet, Jack doesn't really have the station, but he's got the funds. You know, according to what he doesn't have appearances the are. He doesn't yes, have the he doesn't have relations. the relations, at least early on in the story. His relationship relations are unknown. Okay, so the relationship is essentially their... Their... Friends isn't quite the right term. They're sort of mutually, uh, they mutually help one another. Right. Um, right. One has social needs, the other has financial needs. It's a symbiotic relationship. Right, right. Okay, and so what is the what is the big picture? What is the, the, the very simply? Gary, um, what? How would you describe the plot? Just in a real well, very very broad terms. Uh, each of the those two main characters want to get married, and are reliant on each other in order to well but I, I see what you're pointing there's the confusion about the name is is the, the confusion the main, about the identity the identity yeah. and that that obviously causes much confusion 
ensues until uh, the very end. True, it's just, you know, protecting one identity to serve the other. Right. Yeah. Everyone's trying to get somewhere, advance their station in yeah. life through either deceiving others or through self-deception. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the women are certainly involved in a good bit of self-deception. So like, Just because so your identity confusion impedes love. You know, you've got these all these different love relationships, some of them logistical, some of them emotional, okay. but all of the okay. identity problems creates conflict <clears throat> right. between for all of the characters. Mm -hmm. Even between the vicar and the, and the Miss Prism. Right. Yeah. And Miss Prism and, and Lady B. Yeah. Right. Quick now. Yeah, it's like just a Lady B. <laughs> the ant. Okay. So um, before we go over to those questions, what I wanted to try, I want to do something a little bit different. And one of the things, uh, we can look at, so if we have situation, How do we do it? Anybody online? Huh? I was just wondering if anyone was online who could... Not tonight. Manipulation. Well, it's hard to understand. And fix. Yeah. Attitude. Yeah. Alright, so what I'd like to do is sort of do at least start with an understanding of the genre so mm -hmm. it's a comedy and it's pretty clearly comic in most all dimensions mm -hmm. and so when you look at a comedy in Dramatica and you look at the different domains you're going to find the different kinds of comedy so in a situation you're going to find a situation comedy activity, you're going to see physical comedy. And fixed attitude, it's a comedy of manners. And then in manipulation, you have comedy of errors. That's where mistaken identities happen. So, if we're going to look at the um, the through lines, where do we see the overall story, the main character, the relationship? What do we see going on there? Do any of them pop out? Well, when I watch it, I so so much see overall as a comedy of manners. So that's why. I I, I was thinking the overall story would be a manipulation. So or, the, or, fi or, fi or, fi or fixed attitude. Come, uh, that's comedy Here's the thing, I, I, there, there are times I saw it, I, I saw it, as, it felt like a comedy of manners because it's very chamber play-ish, you know. But then there, but then there, you know, there's the comedy of errors when it's yeah. like all, like, you know, the, the mistaken identity. Yeah. So there, there were different times when it felt like it was yeah. about manners, you know, like, you know, Downton Abbey kind of stuff. Yeah. And, um, uh, uh, but then, but then it was just got, you know, then it got very, um, I don't know, three's company-esque. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I guess in the, looking at the, 
the largest number of characters, I see it more as manners across all of them, but in the relationship. I mean, because really, you, you've got to say that there's there's a, a bit of impact character in the women. You know, Cecily is impacted one of the men, the other one's one of the impacted So that I couldn't get beyond that, but I just still I still see this kind of overall comedy of manners, which I guess is fixed attitude. And the definitely yes. in the one of the internal domain, right? Right. Yeah. right. So if it was if the overall story, I'll just tentatively put that here or put it here, is in fixed attitude, which we have a comedy of manners, which is that, I mean, it's where you get all of the, almost practically anything that comes out of Lady B's mouth yes. Yes. is uh, something that's comedy of manners. Oh, well, just ev everything, you know, you would expect. You know, oh, it's, it's better to be stupid than to be to know everything. You know, all, the comedy comes from these just really wacky ideas. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, now that would that would indicate that the that the that the comedy between Jack and Algy then would be situation comedy. What what is the nature of that? Stuck in singleness. Yeah, well, they're they're well, they, um, um, I was just saying they they're sort of in the same situation, but kind of flipped, um, and um, and 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 together, you know, uh, you know, well, not together, but but both at the same time are are trying to, incre you know, uh, in increase their station in yeah. life, which the status, the status, yeah, right. So each of them have and, and oh, are trying status, to. Okay work on status as a area of conflict but in the in their attempts to get love or to well find yeah and love. even in their that opening scene in the conversation between them it was, it was it's all kind of you know poking at each other on status issues right. i think yeah well because again he's got no family but he has money that's jack has no family but money and and algae has Plenty of family and no money. Mm -hmm. And it is also the interesting thing is that Jack explains that he has a house in London, but someone's renting it, so he stays with Algy when he comes to London. So he even needs him there. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jack's got a pretty good deal because he's got a country and a manor, and he's making money off the London house. But he still needs Algy because who would come see a man with no family? <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, they're both very antagonistic, but yet we see that they're. They rely on each other yeah. only right. to but get they're what they're very they much want. in league. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, then that's that seems to be consistent there. All right. So then, if we look at the the remaining two, we have physical comedy and manipulation. And who seems? Where does the main character seem to sit? And where do we see um, our? Uh, and where do we see Jack? And where do we see Algy? Well. <laughs> Um, I mean, they're both playing. They're, they're both playing. They're both playing a role. They're both manipulative. I know. Um, but it feels like I don't know. Just looking at Jack as a main character, he, he definitely seems the one who is the more of the beer. He's the one who is putting on an identity, putting on airs, 
Um, well, Jack's the one who, right, you know, who goes to visit, who goes, mm -hmm. he's the one who, who, who's much more active, active and assertive, and, and he'll go to the manor house, he'll, I'll take my grand, my aunt out of the room, uh, and if, you know, algae, even, exactly. algae, right, and you have Jack, who can't even, you know, say the proposal, or get down on his knee, or he's just, when physically he's completely inept. Mm -hmm. and, and Algernon goes to proposing within 15 minutes. Right. <laughs> he's just like, boom. Yeah. Right. So, he, and, and, you know, he's certainly, if there's a greatest concern about being earnest, which you have, you know, being is one of the, playing a role is one of the things that are in there. The one who is of most concerned with that is, in fact, in Jack much more than anybody else. Now, it becomes part of the overall story, but he is earnest. I mean, he when he's in town, he is earnest, and that's why all of the, you know, comedy of errors ensue. Mm -hmm. You know, him, him doing that. Right. So I think that, I think that works, that works somewhat nicely. So if we've got, um, we have Algea's activity. Now, I don't normally suggest doing this unless it's really, you know, unless you've got something that's clearly a specific kind of, of um, genre where it's clearly, you know, it's really delineated. Mm -hmm. And Jack, let's see. I see. Okay, so there are a couple things we know about this that we can answer. So a couple questions that have been answered already for us. So, for instance, we already know, and the main character, who's Jack, is that his approach, he's going to be a beer because he uses one of the internal, he's in one of the internal domains as opposed to the one external domain. So his approach is going to try to deal with things internally, his preference. So that that one is already an implied choice. So he'll be a beer. The other thing we also know is that it's going to be a stop story. Because of the fact the relationship between the overall story and the main character, in terms of their physical positioning, is uh, stop is where they are in parallel, and start is when they are in perpendicular relationship. So that's another another one which we don't necessarily even have to address because it's already been answered by the choices we made there. So that then brings us to the question of the main character resolved. Does Jack change his fundamental nature, or does he basically stay the course? And can we, can, and, and how can we see that? I don't know. Yeah, you could. <laughs> I mean, to me, the, the um, it seems to me the author's intent I, with the la with the last line, the la you know the the, the, the punchline, the you know calling out the title, seems to be seems to be the intended that he has kind of learned his lesson, that Jack has learned his lesson, you know that you know be truthful. I've now um, realized for the first time in my life the vital importance of being earnest. Right. So, you know, it seems like you know lesson learned. He's the one who learned the lesson. So he's the one who. I, Presumably, has changed. I think it's very, it's it's very lightweight, but um, uh, I think that seems to be the author's intent. Because when you look at algae, 
he takes the name of Ernest and he disposes of it. He's never really trying to. He uses his, uses it as an entry into yeah. getting to talk to Cecily, but it's not. It's a it's a very little importance to him. Um, whereas it's of great importance. I mean, serious importance to Ernest, to Jack, who is also Ernest. Um, okay, so that would make him a change character, and it would make, mean that that Algie is a steadfast character. Um, which I think is consistent. You know, it's a it's a it's a comedy again. And, and, and so much of it's yeah. fairly lightweight. And it's mostly the overall story ensemble. Uh, you know, cast. Uh, you know, it's yes. an ensemble comedy, right. and that's mainly what it's all about. So, uh, any of the thematic, um, um, you know, personal, emotional um, issues are are just lightly treaded upon. It's, right. You know. Okay. So now we have uh, our main character problem-solving style. So, is a Jack is Jack a linear thinker or a, a holistic thinker, and why? And how do we know this? And if we don't know it, we can leave it and see if something else will take it for us. Yeah. You need to have examples. I know. I have a, I have a feeling for it, but I, I'm, I'm trying to think through the movie to think of examples. Um, so, um, I, I feel like it's linear, but um, I'd have to go kind of go back through and because yeah. it does really seem to be. You know, a direct cause and effect kind of approach to say, I'm going to call myself Ernest, um, um, and everything, you know, and everything will be fine. But it doesn't consider well. How well, if you look at it, he ha no, he happens to be identified. He is identified as Ernest early on, mm -hmm. and then he kind of has to play with that. And then when he talks to her, right, he's saying, well. What if I happen to have another name, you know, like Jack or John? Oh, no, no, we couldn't possibly... I mean, the, certainly the argument he's getting back to him is much more of a holistic, you know, explanation. And he, you know, it's like, okay, fine, so I will change my name to Ernest. That will get me what I want, you know, by being christened. You know, so a lot of his approaches get constantly... Whacked because they're very linear and the women in the film don't seem to at all be approaching linearly and it's right. constantly, you know, right. well, bringing them to a halt. And Algernon, it, I think, is is more holistic. He, he he looks around. He's always trying to find a way around the obvious. Whereas Jack sort of seems see how, and Jack doesn't want to admit that he's got a double life until the cigarette case. Is revealed, so it's kind of like he has to reveal it. But as soon as it's revealed, boy, Algernon's mind is going all different directions about what that could possibly indicate, and what he could do with that. Sorry. So let's. I mean, I think it's. I, it, it appears to be linear, and of course, his for himself, his solution is I have to be Ernest. And once mm -hmm. it actually shows his name is Ernest, that for him personally gives him completion. You know, it's like I had set up this goal. I have to achieve this somehow. Right. And when he achieves it, for him, 
it's that that pr provides the catharsis that's necessary that allows him to sort of move on personally. It also happens to work out in the big picture as well, but except for that little thing about them being first cousins, which is really <laughs> strange. <laughs> they kind of yeah. like brushed past that right out. Again, 19th century British aristocracy. I don't think it was... I'm not sure it was okay back then. Okay. I don't think first cousins really... Maybe they did. Yeah. I don't have to look. It depends on how much land and money they had. Right. <laughs> it's very funny. The minute she finds out how much uh, of a dowry that she has, suddenly uh, Lady B is, Oh, well, Yes. maybe I maybe I will stay a little bit and <laughs> rethink this, reconsider this. Well, that's what I found strange is Algernon went for uh, Cecily very early on, presumably before he knew that she had money. Right, right. Which and he went didn't for her. seem true to his nature, his superficial nature. Well, it seemed to be fairly consistent, though, because he, he's really bad with money. And he's not doesn't seem to be... He's, he doesn't he's, have he's money, and he doesn't... You know, he seems to get by mostly on style and looks. And he saw Cecily, and he sees her style and looks, and that's what he fell for. Just so happens, fortunately for them, is that he also ends up comes with a lot of money. But that was not his. That was not his uh, um, modus operandi. And, and in fact, when you look at Jack having changed into Ernest, now you know now the fact that he's his approach is much more on it's a more important to be earnest than it is to actually to have money or title or, or you know it, that it's that's the thing that's important so it's which is kind of a really compared to our values is a little different you know than our you know the current american values it's definitely not in line with the way that we necessarily see the world. But on the other hand, uh, I mean, just the fact that he has gone through life without any parents, any parentage, uh, and then suddenly this has been identified. Right, he has all kids. the money. He has all the right, wealth right. and stuff, but, but he I doesn't mean, have his identity. He's also saying, I'm glad at least I know who I am now. Right. Yeah, yeah and that's why it's his personal right. issue, is the identity issue is, is personal not the big picture. It works into the big picture, it's tied to it, but it's much more of a personal issue. Um, so, do we see uh, the story driven by actions or decisions and how? And how? And we need to have some examples. Um, the, the one thing that, that stood out to me as, as an act turn was, um, you know, him proposing to Gwendolyn, which seems to be a decision moment, you know. Um, um, uh, I mean, the, pro the hard part is when you have a psychology or, or, or fixed attitude story, sometimes it's hard to separate what you're seeing as, you know, overall story domain versus story driver. So, you know, uh, because they, you know... Uh, you mean if it's a decision-driven right, story? Right, it's, uh, yeah, because uh, I feel like it, it's decision-driven because I just, you know... Uh, now, one of, the things you, one of the things that you can look at decision 
not only as like a decision, but it could also be deliberation. So it's not a, it could be a process as opposed to a point. We can think of, frequently think of action as either an event or a, a process event. Right. You know, and, so and just, trying, trying, trying to compel, get the, you know, get the, uh, uh, Lady Bricknell's, you know, uh, permission, you know, it's, it's, there, a lot is hinging on her decisions. Right. You know, but even even when she decides that Algernon and Cecily can get married, then, you know, Jack steps in and says, you know, um, not, not unless I give no, permission. Right. Or give permission. So, it's it seems a lot is is riding on decision, but I'm still trying to think of what you know what the act. If you well, one of, I mean, certainly one decision we see deliberation on is when Jack is giving uh, Gwendolyn his address in the country, and you can see Algernon's mind worrying. He's like, you can tell he's already. He, yeah, he writes it on his cuff. Yeah, he's, um, he's deciding he's going to follow up on what he's just learned. Yeah, but yeah. but does it? But what turns it? I mean, yeah, I don't know. About the it. question is, is that him taking that information doesn't change anything. Him acting on it does. Well, it, I guess one of the one of the big you mentioned Lady Recknell is when she finds out about Jack's lack of relations and basically cuts him off. It's her decision there is like, if you don't have relations, there's no further relationship. It's driven by the re revelation of information, which right. could be a, considered an action, but but along the same lines. Uh, yeah. Well, she's making a process all through that interview. Yeah. She's kind mm -hmm. of asking key questions to help her decide if she should give this guy more time to explain it or not. So that it feels like, to me, kind of decide the decision. Oh. But I also think about, the, you know, uh, uh, what I'm not exactly sure what the inciting incident is, but the resolving incident seems to be looking up the information in the book. The fact that, you know, the name um, is in the book felt feels like it resolves everything. Right, but that's that's not a decision. That's an action. That's an, but that's that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm 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 I haven't quite resolved in my own mind what which one. It, I, there's a I lot of de de deliberation. I'm just not sure if it's the deliberations that are are. Um, driving the plot, or if they are just being done in response to something else. Well, if he doesn't find out the address for the country place, then Jack's got free reign to do whatever he, his, his plan. Right. So and Algernon hearing the address. That is an action. That's not a decision. Right. Algernon's not deciding to listen in. Algernon gets that. That that mm -hmm. he overhears this information. Okay. That's an action. Because having and him he, take two steps away. And he also is the one who finds the um, cigarette thing and won't give it back. I mean, he's, the lighter. he's actively trying to get information and, out of him. Well, right. Finds the lighter and... and cigarette too. Cecily. And what's, yeah. Who's Cecily now? So, you know, and that... that okay. So... I, yeah, well, I'll put it. I'll put. I'll put a little dotted line under action as okay. we're not quite really sure. Right. See, your 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 instinct was right. I did, or, or at least you said. <laughs> how did you know? How did you know? <laughs> All right. Know. How about the story limit? Uh, do we have a time lock? We run out of time, or a certain amount of time, or an option lock? Now, there certainly was said you have to do it by the end of the season. That is just 
pretty vague. We well, it also the story ends long before whatever the season is. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just sort of a, it's it's a throwing out there that if nothing else is going to wrap this up, this is what's going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, realistically, there it, it's it's a it's an option lock. There are only a certain number of conditions. If he meets a certain number of conditions, then he can again he can marry Gwendolyn. But if he doesn't, then he's you know once but once he's all of those have been addressed. Like the last one was his name, mm-hmm. because that was a condition that she had, mm-hmm. not that the, not Aunt B, but mm-hmm. that Gwendolyn had that the name was absolutely important. Um, clearly, Cecily was not really as concerned about that because uh, Alfie, Algie, you know, she found out he had a new name. It's like, well, she's disappointed, but now she got silver. It. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, he, he he talked her into accepting it, but she she still had that precondition, just yeah. not as strong as right. Right. the other one. Um, so I think it definitely is an option. Mark. How about outcome, success or failure? Gotta be success. Because everybody gets what they were after. All right. Love, wealth. Permission. Social acceptance. Identity. Yeah, identity. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, everybody learns the importance of being earnest. Mm-hmm. Which seems good. And completely dishonest play. Ah, it's a, a dishonest it's, play. It's yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. And uh, judgment, good or bad? Good. Good. He finally finds out who, who he is. Really, that's that's the personal through line, right? Yes. Is. Um, uh, well, the, the title plays on the main character and the overall story. Right. The main character really can, truly finds out that even though he had made up this name, it actually is his true identity that he's seeking. Mm-hmm. Because he's always known that he really never knew who he was. That it was just a given name that was based on the, the, the stop on the train, the train stop that yeah. the guy who found him, you know, was on his first class ticket. So that's yeah. the, that's the name he was given. Mm-hmm. So he always knew he didn't have the identity, and he wanted that. And Ernest happens to be the identity that he was looking for. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So um, let's talk a little bit about the concerns. Uh, we can swing over here. <clears throat> So we have our overall story here is in fixed attitude. The relationship is over here in uh, situation. Uh, influence character. This is where Algie is, and this is where Jack is. Um, and what we want to do is we want to identify which of these four is going to be the concern, the area of focus. The one in the overall story, it'll be the goal. In the um, so over here. One of these is going to be a goal, but each, whatever quadrant you pick is going to be the same in all four domains. So it'll either be past understanding memories and developing a plan, or how things are changing, doing impulsive responses and playing a role, or present gathering information, contemplations, conceiving idea, or future obtaining innermost desires and changing one's nature. Any? Do you have an idea of what they'd like to vote for? This is where I really couldn't jump in. Um, <laughs> Jim, you must speak at some point tonight. 
Sure. It's being, doing, progress, and production. So this, uh, this one? Yes. How big is it changing, doing, and the, for, for algae, impulsive responses, and uh, the overall story, and mm -hmm. playing a role? That feels pretty comfortable. Playing a role, and, you know... Um, I mean, that's the, you know, importance of being earnest. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. But it really, you know, but it happens to be also the quadrants where accurate and non-accurate exist. Mm -hmm. And that, that really jumps out, you know. Um, I'm not sure about, you know, <laughs> everything in between, but, I, you know, I guess worry, I guess worry is, is a pretty good one. Pretty good. Worry versus confidence. I think you see that being played out. In, uh, well, you know, in value and worth, you certainly do. I mean, you've got, yeah. you know, the, the, the value, how much how much property do you have, you know, mm -hmm. sort of the worth of a family, mm -hmm. you know, are you worthy, how much value you bring to it. So, um, I certainly see those elements um, in the main character, knowledgeable, ability, thought, desire. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, ability versus desire, I think, is, is a, a good one. I, I, you see a lot of knowledge and thought, I think, being played out. Um, um, I guess in the two women, but um, but you know, uh, I, I, I'm thinking about Cecily with her diary, and 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 like you know the fact that she. Um, uh, um, you know, created this engagement on a particular date. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, right. and so I, I'm trying to figure out where, you know, where to attribute that. I still feel like we're, you know, we're in the accurate, non-accurate area. Uh, it could be if they were mirroring the, the relationship. It could be mm -hmm. fact fantasies. Okay. I mean, yeah. It could be more. It seems more of a thematic element rather than a character interaction element. Right. Right. And that's the, the difference of the, the sort of the, the scales, the largest, the, which are the domains or the classes, they tend to be more genre-like. Mm -hmm. The next layer down, we call, them, then we call those the structural types, where you find the concern, those are more plot. And then you look at the level down, these are more thematic in nature, and at the bottom level, the smaller ones are much more but character interaction um, element. So it's not that they're exclusively character plot theme or genre, it's just that they tend to be st stronger illustrations of those when taken as a whole. When you're looking at the whole thing compared to the dynamics, all of this is theme, and then you have plot and character dyna dynamics, and, and all of it together is genre. But so it, it, however you frame it, you're going to always find character plot theme and genre. It's just how you're slicing and dicing. Um, okay, well, let's look at it on the, the software then. I will bring the screen up. I see. I see. Yeah, USC. Yeah, you and you look like the Flash. He moves like the Flash. Have you seen him? Oh my God, yeah, amazing. Yeah, running through walls. 
Well, it's isn't that illegal, illegal flashing? <laughs> Was that? So isn't flashing illegal? Oh. Oh. Well, well, yeah. Only in certain parts. Of only <laughs> certain parts of the country. The flash does a town. Oh, town. Yeah. <laughs> well, the flash. Yeah, these facts though. Yeah. I guess so. No, we know. Yeah. Okay. Such a great thrill. You know. Such is life. Yes, you are. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> hey, let me figure out what's going on here. Or you're just watching some Japanese anime. What a messy desktop. So let me make their choices. We said he's a change character. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know we did. And so the overall story domain was mystic attitude, and our main character was manipulation. As you see, stop and be are automatically chosen. That's why I underline those, just because of the relationship. Um, We let those started lines, so but we can let um, yeah. other things. Success. Good. And this is the AI organs. Impulsive responses is the Save this. Before you post it, you may want to check the spelling. Um, it is E A R N E S T. On the D. Yes. Yeah. Um, I actually checked it when I was person, and I checked it several times. Because it's like, hmm, I'm not really sure what that one's supposed to be. It is E A R. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. It's a double entendre. Yes. Gee, what a surprise! A double entendre in this movie. All right. So. Um, and then we said we thought the main character was going to be playing a role. If we go down there. We then I can turn this up. So we see uh, four possible uh, themes or issues for the main character, and then we have 16 possible elements or four quads that'll have the problem quad. Now you were saying this quad you felt was the more likely... Well, I'm, I'm focusing on accurate and not accurate. Um, uh, you know, uh, because honestly, the, I, I don't... Um, I mean, there, there's a little bit... You see a little bit of expectation see, discrimination. See, yeah. see a bit of that. Um, true. 
Um, this one is not. Definitely theory hunch ending, no. That's not. Yeah. Proven, unproven, trust now. Because it's really not about trying to prove it per se. Yeah. Uh, trust? And trust is part of it, seems to be part of it. Let's look over in the overall story, see what we've got. See if there's. So. Accurate and unaccurate process and results is over here. So confidence and worry are the. And then we have expectation and determination, ending, ending, and ending. ending. Um, yeah. Uh, when you look at the overall story, you're looking at. Okay. I mean, you are looking at attitudes. You're looking at uh, Lady Bricknell's attitudes and how she, you know, dominates over. You know, every discussion. Um, uh, uh, you're, you're seeing the the women, definitely. Uh, you know the. Uh, Gwendolyn is fixated on how you know she she can't she could not marry him if his name wasn't Ernest, right? Um, and so there's a whole so it I think this is where process and result come in because then there seems to be a whole process of of, of uh, getting to the point where he will satisfy her fixed attitude of needing to marry a man named Ernest, um, uh, you know. So that so there would be kind of a focus on on the process there uh, to get to a particular result, and um, uh, uh, and certainly um, Algernon, you know, is hitting on Cecily in a particular way to sort of you know convince her, and she's playing right along because she's you know she has built up this whole you know um, uh, uh, you know romanticized scenario, and he's spinning himself. Right into that, um, and so there, there's, so you see, there's a process there, you know, a process of maneuvering through sort of these women's attitudes. Mm -hmm. um, I certainly can see worry as the overall story issue. That makes, that makes yeah, yeah, worry and worth. I mean, the thing is, is that if you look at, if you look at Lady B, she seems to be all about worth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, all about thematically, all about worth versus value. I mean, it just, that seems to be very, very compelling across the whole story. Yeah. Worry is part of it, but she's, I mean, she certainly doesn't seem to be terribly worried about it. Mm -hmm. But she is absolutely concerned about the value and worth of name and family and origin and what you think and, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, um, ideology or, you know, which, your attitudes. Um, it seems to me the process thing you're seeing is much more of an open-endedness that something needs to be brought you know you've got something that's open-ended that's not that that isn't brought to a close mm -hmm. that if you can bring it to it you know bring it a, to a close that sort of resolves it mm -hmm. um, you know it I to me it almost looks like the symptom is determination well, the symptom because is people the, have determined things about Yeah, they've determined, oh, you're earnest. And because of that, suddenly there are all these expectations that someone with the name Ernest will be like this and like that and like that. And it's like, okay, well, um, 
you know, perhaps. I mean, that that's so the if you could change what that determination is, then you know, or, or or change the expectations from that determination. Well, maybe another name will be better. You know, can I change your expectations of, of that or of me or whatever? Hmm. Um, I I mean, possibly. Let me just see what the the effect of that is. Um, if we go in here. You end up with the main character. It's a symptom of problem. Okay. Well, well, no, I, I can see unending. It definitely is a problem because he's been he's because he's had this ongoing, um, you know, identity issue. I mean, for, on a personal, you know, on a personal basis, uh, you know. Oh, look at this in the relationship. The issue is fantasy. Uh huh. That, yeah. That's the that's the imaginary. Other brother or other person, mm -hmm. you know. Okay. That's that fa that fantasy character that can get you out of any problem, which isn't really working. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not okay. What do we have with hunch? Hunch from the main character. So it's a understanding based on insufficient circumstantial evidence. Oh well, I can see that for him. Because, you know, uh, how's that work with... Well, here, here's the thing. I mean, the name Ernest, how, how did he start calling himself Ernest anyway? Uh, you know, yeah. he just had a Could hunch that he, you know, but, but he liked the name because it's, you know, it's honest. It's, a, it's right. honesty, you know. And so he had this hunch that he, that's, that should be sort of his... Um, Mark, you know, his, his identity. Um, and so, uh, uh, but he's, but he's still lacking that identity. He needs to put the pieces together. Um, all he knows is that there's, um, you know, he arrived in a handbag and he's kept that handbag. Um, it's interesting. It looks to me, if you look at the unique ability of the main character, which is the quality that makes them uniquely able to have the overall, to aid in the effort in the overall story to have it end in success. And my guess, and I don't have to look at all the other ones, my guess it's ability. He's the one, remember at the end, he's the one who can allow Cecilia to marry Erna. He's got control of, of all of that. And he has basically all of that, all these different relationships tie into him saying yes. For everybody else, not necessarily for himself, but in the big, in the big picture, mm -hmm. um, his desire I don't, doesn't seem to be the, enough. Uh, if we look at um, Alfie, his unique ability is either skill Algae. or experience. Algae. Algae. Sorry, not Alfie. Algae. Algae. Yeah. <laughs> Algae. Scum in the water. I, I, yeah. Well, exactly. I, I, seems like skill. Yeah, skill more than experience for him. Right, and his Definitely. critical flaw seems. Uh, I'm concerned about that. How about the catalyst in the overall story? What moves things forward? Con I mean, then creates more conflict. Confidence or worry? Well, those are both, I think, really good choices. I'm just trying to... 
I mean, it's certainly Algy's confidence that he can handle Jack's life in the country. But also Mrs. B, uh, oh. or uh, Lady B, right. you know, she's very confident, and, and that kind and of just sort of... pushes things forward. Right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's her... Or maybe it's the, her worry is the thing that does it. Let's see, because I would say confidence might be more, but... So you've got the inhibitor would be... Security. That would slow things down. Mm -hmm. so, threat seems to be the more of the thing that would slow it down. Yeah. You know, that you can't, he can't get, make, move any forward toward getting married because of the, the threat he would pursue, the, the being of unknown origin and, right. um, well, and, and yeah, it's like if, if, if Lady Bracknell shuns him, which he's already said you can't have Gwendolyn, she shuns him, he's, he's really without relations. So yeah, the threat of losing Gwendolyn and the social connections that sort of come with Gwendolyn could be a big inhibitor yeah. to his plans. Well, let's, and let's just look at the two possible choices. So if we say it's ability, we end up with confidence as the catalyst, threat as the inhibitor, skill and desire, okay, that works nicely, critical flaw experience, and the relationship, uh, the relationship, the catalyst of security, and inhibitor of worry. It gives us a holistic um, problem solving stuff. Uh-huh. Alright, so let's let's choose the other, since that's more in line with what we thought it was a linear. So that we have desire, critical flaw of skill, catalyst of worry. This one just seems this seems backwards. This does not seem right. The other one seems much better. Yeah, I mean... Okay, let, let's do one other thing. Let's look at the benchmark. So the overall story <laughs> benchmark, we're looking at impulsive responses. Okay, what, is a, what would a concern of impulsive responses be? We've got... Well, I mean, if you look at... I mean, that almost... It's everybody's impulses that, that, you know, that everyone else has to kind of, you know... Um, Contend with. I mean, Cecily is a perfect example of that. Well, on this day, I, I, we got engaged, and then we got, you know, unengaged, and then it's just like, oh my God, everybody's just sort of very impulsive. Mm -hmm. um, but um, no, 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 benchmark for the main character, the past, the past. Yeah. Um, uh, main character. I'm sorry. Uh, no, oh, I'm no, sorry. No, 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 I'm sorry. I'm the wrong. Main character. Uh, no. Well, okay. if it's the past, it's developing a plan. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's the wrong domain. That's a relationship. Wrong place. Okay. Um, well, it's in a relationship. We have past, future. Future does not seem... Well... Yeah, um... Honestly, I think, I think obtaining future, changing one's nature, innermost... I think innermost desires. Uh, I, I think... Ultimately, that's kind of um, uh, uh, love. I, that's the love thing. Yeah, that's the thing where it's like when 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 their when their heart's desires are coming to what you know are are are, are 
you know, are get you know when their heart's desires are getting closer to fulfillment, then that gets us closer to uh, the re resolution of the goal, which is you know, um, you know, to get you know, to, to get you know for everybody to sort of accept each other's you know so, uh, new relationships, mm -hmm. right? For Gwendolyn, to say yes to Jack, and for you know Aunt. Annie B to say you know yes to everybody and and for Jack to say yes to um, Algie and, and Cecily, um, uh, but it, yeah, it really seems matters of the heart is the thing that um, uh, increases in intensity as we get closer to a resolution. Right. And that gives us a decision driver. Mm -hmm. right. Which. Again, I think we were, we were so tentative on both the problem-solving style and the driver. I'm not at all. Either way we get it, it's probably going to be fine. Yeah. Um, the driver, I was thinking about the, the locket issue. The locket is, an, is essentially is a trigger, but what happens, you know, he's, he's posed with a question. Mm -hmm. And depending on how he answered that question is really the direction of the story. With, with one, you know, one direction or a completely different direction. That's the nature of what a driver does, mm -hmm. is it will, like, change the tide. Sort of forces. Well, it forces it into a new direction. That's what a driver does, is it changes you out of sort of one one domain into another. So Not domain, but one area. Point of no return to point of no return. And ultimately, the thing is, is at the end, we don't really see the decision, but you know what the decision would be that needs to be there is that she decides that he can get married, which they don't show you because there's that whole issue about them being related yeah. now. But her daughter does make the decision that it's okay with her now because he's in earnest. Um, so that's implied, but they don't go, they don't go explicit there. Um, so I'm trying to think of what the opening conflict is. When opening. Okay, once the two of them, he's he's in town at Algie's house, and what is it that they decide either to do or? Well, is it was it uh, that? Uh, was it driven by um, Jack's decision to pursue Gwendolyn? He announces it to Alfie. Of course, I don't remember exactly. I don't either. That's why opening scene played out. Um, well, um, yeah, he says early on that he came from the country to propose to Algernon's cousin Gwendolyn. Okay. Well, he's a reason for being there. So he's made a decision, yeah. and that pretty much is why the story exists. Okay. And that's consistent. So then the last two are the whether or not that's a holistic or and I his unique ability if it's desire he's a linear thinker but well I mean it's clear that Jack has a lot of problems asking her to marry him and, and other things. He, he's always sort of getting 
held it up to his desire powers and cruise. In other words, his his shyness, his realization that he doesn't have relations, but he still loves this girl so much, so he somehow manages to desire her enough to do so. I mean, I can see, I, in that context, I can see Kirk Claw's skill, I mean, in terms of, you know, that scene when he's proposing, he's clearly, well, I mean, she makes comments on it, you know, most boys practice it. Have, yeah, it's a practice. My brother has lots of skill, and has practiced it many times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't seem to have any skill at this. Yes. <laughs> You, you still haven't asked the question. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I could see that actually well, being or, right. that, or, Well, except that the alternative uh, choice there is experience, critical flaw experience. So, yeah, you could argue it's, it either way. That's actually more appropriate in terms of what that's saying, because rather than how he's doing it, it's how, how familiar he is. Mm -hmm. Although he's, he really doesn't have, he's unskilled and he's inexperienced. Um, catalyst in the re in relationship, threat, and the inhibitor confidence. Relationship. Hmm. Well, okay, you can easily see the threat issue when when algae is threatening to, you know, yeah. expose him. Expose him. Yeah. <laughs> that that uh, it just completely. It makes the two of them get at odds. And algae is a huge threat to his role as a careful and good guardian. And yes. He yes. doesn't give a rip about that. He just, he wants the girl. <laughs> yeah. um, and then the overall story, Catalyst of Worry. Um, I kind of like that. You know, it's, it, it, you certainly see it with um, probably the biggest worry wart in it is is Jack. I mean, he is he is huge with that, and then also you get that with the the um, with Cecily a bit. You know, in the scenes that Jack's not there, because yeah. certainly Algie doesn't seem to have a whole lot of worry. He's pretty devil may care. But I, I mean, I, you still kind of look at it that Lady Bracknell, even though she hides it well is worried about making bad choices in this social situation. Right, but you see that the inhibitor is security, which I do see that as being good, because that's sort of like, that's when he finds out, oh, well, she's got lots of money. Okay, yeah. suddenly like, oh, well, let's yeah. stick around here, because right. my nephew, who <coughs> has all these, you know, who I worry about, now it's like, oh, this would be nice and secure, and that would set him by, and so I'm willing to overlook a lot of a lot of things for uh, 190,000 pounds. <laughs> uh, um, okay, what do we have in terms of our signposts? All right, so if we look at the signposts, we've got the overall story. It starts off with impulsive responses. Then goes the innermost desires, contemplation, and memories. That's, oh good, I was hoping memories would be the last one. Because mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. basically where you have, mm -hmm. you know, certainly the very last part of the last act is all about recollection. When Lady Bracknell recognizes Miss Prism and all that, and Lady Miss right. Prism explains. Mm -hmm. what yeah, I mean, that there. certainly fits yeah. nicely in that. It brings um, out the uh, handbag, which is yeah. a yeah. symbol of memories. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Um, oh, and then you've got the changing one's nature for the main character is the first act. Going into playing a role, that's when he's playing Ernest. Mm -hmm. It goes from, I want to, you know, I basically I want to get married. You know, I'm a single man, I want, and I've come to town, and I pretty much I want to change my life. I'm going to become a, you know, married man. Mm -hmm. And then finds out decision. that, uh, oops, uh, I've now got to play this role of Ernest that I said I am when I'm really not Ernest. Um, and then the third act is, so, okay, so now how do I make this work? That's the, that's when they're play, sort of pushing against the, the two girl, two women, girls, uh, mm -hmm. the two women and sort of reconceiving how they can, you know, love them and how right. he can, you know, reconceive himself. Get past their conditions and still make this work. And ultimately developing a plan is, okay, well, I can solve this if I can figure out how, where my, my, where I came from, that whole last scene with, again, who are you, what, you, what, you know, where did you find this, what station? You know, where can I find my name and fi ultimately finding it, that sort of brings it up to the climax for him and, and resolves it. And, so, the, and the plan that's presumably developed by the last team is, we're going to all get married now. That's the that's the kind of next, right. like the off-screen plan that they were conceiving. Mm -hmm. Yep. Wedding plan. Yeah, okay, this, this seems to be pretty, pretty good. I think it's a pretty... Pretty, as much as it again. Yes. I didn't see the movie, so I have no idea. But was the last line of the film? What was the importance of so now realize now, now realize the importance of being earnest. So is that to me that I I don't know the rest of that sounds more like a determination than ending. Is, are you for sure that the, those are the the elements that you like? Uh, that it's a determination. Solution, you mean? Solution, yeah. Um. No, it's an ending because an this. Ending. Yeah, it's he has. He's the 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 guy mm -hmm. has basically. His backstory is that he was found in a bag in Victoria Station from a check room. It was handed to a man instead of his luggage. It was one that looked just like it, and instead of its luggage, it had handed a handbag that had this baby in it, and. So this guy raised him, gave him the name Worthington, which is the the station. Worth was it? Worthing. 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 Sorry, Worthing. You know, so you have Ernest and Worth. You know, you mm -hmm. got stuff in there. So Worthing. Um, and an inheritance. And, which is the a name that was on the ticket, the first class ticket of the station that they were getting off, and he ended up inheriting a lot of money and such from this guy, but he has no family. And so he's got a lot of, a lot of, um, begging, <laughs> yes, it's a real issue. And it's, and because it's all open-ended, it's a real serious problem for him because he can't resolve it. And the thing that he's trying to do is he's trying to, trying to sort of put all those pieces together. And once it is, it's done. Okay. There's, it, so it really is a, that is over. And the weird thing about it is, is that coincidentally he falls in love with this, the the cousin of this guy whose house he stays with when he goes to London, 
Algae, who is the guy who has all all the station and none of the money. Um, which is really funny with, when Lady B is talking about the value of money versus yeah. property. Because essentially, he's, pro- he's, he's money and her nephew is property. You know, basically, he has, he has a state, he has a, a title or sex or whatever and property, but he doesn't have any money. You know, so the two of them are sort of that flip side of each other. And coincidentally, they these two, the main and influence character who are buddies, sort of by circumstance, one that the, the uh, algae sort of feeding off of of uh, um, Jack, and Jack is sort of feeding him because he has he's using his place to stay when he goes to sort of carouse in London. Uh, they end up they're actually brothers. That uh, Jack is is Algie's older brother. Okay. That the that the the woman who was responsible for um, the nurse was working on a manuscript, put the manuscript in the pram and put the baby in the in her bag, and that's how the the mix up happened thirty eight years before. And so the very end of the story, that all is worked out, so and his name was the same as his, his father's, which was Ernest. And so the and the importance of being Ernest was that he had this alter ego that he's created, this fantasy character, that he always says that he has this brother named Ernest Worthing that does all whenever he needs to get out of something, he's always gonna rescue his, his sort of evil brother, who's just this this terrible person that he basically he's his brother, it's his only family, so he is to do that, and and when he's introduced to Gwendolyn, it's as Ernest Worthing, and and Gwendolyn is she couldn't she couldn't imagine marrying anybody except for someone with the name Ernest, okay, you know, and which of course is a pretty silly conceit, but yeah, there are a lot of silly conceits. Yes, <laughs> like that baby was like, yeah what it wasn't an uproar or jar caused by the disappearance of the baby. Well, but remember, this also the baby was this this was going out into the, you know, oh, basically down by the beach. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was really not at all in London, so by the time any of that happened, yeah. who knows what happened. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yes, it is all terribly silly conceit. But that's how it really is ending. It does once that sort of that loop is closed, it, it, his past is resolved. Okay. And then, of course, since he's going to be marrying, he want, he's engaged to Algie's cousin, that means he's actually now engaged to his own first cousin, which they don't address. They just sort of, okay, we're out of here. Yeah. It's like the Toto thing at the end of uh, Wizard mm-hmm. of Oz, you know. Toto was going to be destroyed, but now that they got mm-hmm. back safe and... What's going to happen to Toto? Yeah. Oh, we don't <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> okay. The, it's interesting. Uh, Oscar Wilde told somebody back in the day that the play's theme was that we should treat all trivial things in life very seriously and all serious things of life with a sincere and studied triviality. So, so that is, in fact, the point of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's supposed to be that kind of really... Like silliness, but it, it does. I I agree. I've read it as well, 
and it does play much better than reading it. Because yeah. then you you just go that fast. You know, you're not dwelling on all of the you know, tons of double entendres and, and sort of silly comments that are made. I never realized till just now that put it together that that Jack's attempt to finally create a family ends up having him identify what his real family, real family is. Yeah. You know, so I think it does. It, it is interesting that it does. It does seem to work out nicely. Um, you know, there is symmetry to it. There is structure to it, which is one of the reasons why I think it actually holds up relatively well. You know, the some great, great lines. Yes, there's some really funny bits. And again, just, I love the, the the character. The, the you know the the aunt is. Yeah. <laughs> what a trip. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Great. Okay, any other questions before we? Well, I'm new, being new to this. Uh, does does the unrealism of a story does that have any influence on how well it works nope. in your system? Nope, because it's really about the way to think of it is what Dramatica deals with is the underlying message, which is all abstract. It's sort of the the real meaning of it. Things like puns and, and the way in which you illustrate it, whether it's fantastical or mundane, that's just the way a writer communicates those abstract underlying concepts. You know, this story form is pretty, pretty, I would say objectified. This view of it is very objectified, but it's a very subjective message, meaning it has it's all about meaning. There's no substance to it. And the reason you, when you illustrate it or you story encode it, which just means illustrate it, basically, um, that turns it into the specifics that are what every writer brings to it. Yeah. yeah. And also, it's, you know, the thing that you, as a writer, you hone that part of your craft and art. This part isn't art. This is this is psychology. You know, this is the part that that communicates to everybody. That's why you know all audience members are experts in story. They all use the same kind of problem-solving style. That's this problem-solving process. Is these are the components of that. And a narrative, a story, or we call a grand argument story, which is this complete version of it. Um, it communicates that as the carrier wave and all the storytelling is what we're looking at, but really what's being communicated is that underlying meaning, that message. And like an author who, a writer who doesn't judge his or her characters, or, or an actor will do that too, then this does not judge them, it just evaluates them. It just it just exposes them. It doesn't evaluate them. Doesn't either. even evaluate. No, I mean, you as an are. author might go, oh, dude, this is not the story I want to tell. I mean, I don't hold those values. Um, which that's why you would choose one story form over another. You know, people will tend to explore stories as authors. They'll tend to explore stories that are close to the issues that they're dealing with personally because 
they don't have an objective view of those parts of themselves. And by going through the creative process and, and exploring and exposing it, it can be cathartic and it can help identify for the author or by through exploration what it is that's going on inside them. Um, doesn't mean it's necessarily therapeutic, but it can be. The idea, though, is that the drive, the motivation for writing or creating is comes from that, comes from that inequity, some things out of balance. And at the heart of every single story form, it's based on an imbalance. Something's out of whack. And uh, a, a grand argument story is about how the process of how trying to resolve that, trying to bring that back into balance, sometimes successfully, sometimes unsuccessfully. Um, but that's the meaning that you're conveying through the choices that you make or through um, the aspects of the story you know that are implied by the rest of it that's there to support it. In the, in the, I was thinking about the recent discussed Dramatica thing where Bob Raskoff posted all these story forms that are alike, same story form, but very different genres in terms of, like, um, was it Aaron Brockovich and Kung Fu Panda, Yeah, I think, and this sort of the same story form, but there's a, obviously a different style of storytelling laid over those. Really? I thought they were almost identical. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's just an example. The abstract message of the story is still very strong about being kind of an outcast person who still finds a way to make a difference. Right. So the expression is very much the complete domain of the author. That's that's wholly in the author's domain. The story form is what story form they choose for the story is the author's, but that's going to be shared by everybody. And sometimes it will be in line with a particular culture's sort of narrative. And under other times it will be specifically chosen because it's out of uh, alignment with that. You see Woody Allen frequently doing stories that are mostly the same except in a couple key areas where they will be the opposite of what the norm is. Just to make a point, you know, where the bad guy gets away and doesn't, gets away with murder and is okay with it, versus the good guy who loses everything and feels bad. That's crimes and misdemeanors. You know, he has those two stories juxtaposed within the same thing. Both of those are not the stories that were supposed to be following, you know, true in the American dream. You know, good guys win, bad guys lose, and feel. Or, or like in this. It, that's what makes fiction. That's good. Good fiction is where the good person wins in the end. I mean, the Cecily or Gwendolyn says that in the right. In the right. right. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Right. Yeah. That's right. And that's and that's how she's she's making that judgment. You know, again, it's a fixed attitudes right. uh, domain. So there's right. all these judgments, all these mm -hmm. proclamations about the world. This has to be seen this particular way. That's why it, the whole of that entire through line is over there in fixed attitude because it's about, that's a comedy of manners. It's, right. you know, proper, what's proper, what's improper based on ideology. And then the clash of those is where the comedy comes in. 
Anything else? That's good. Cool. This podcast was brought to you by Wright Brothers, creators of software for writers since 1982. Visit us at www.screenplay.com and www.dramatica.com.